couple things. The first thing I woke up thinking, being thankful. Proverbs 22:28. before we get to Jesus' words, it says, Do not remove the ancient landmarks which your fathers have set. I've often wondered about that verse, but another version might say like this, Do not remove the ancient memorials which your fathers have set. And I would see as a memorial as something that we put down to celebrate, to remember something God has done. You might remember the story how as Joshua led the children over the Jordan uh, River into the promised land, as they crossed the Jordan, God instructed them to take a stone from the Jordan River to place it outside to remember. So they were making a memorial to what God has done. And I think it's really important that we don't remove those from our lives. That we take time to be thankful, to remember, to have a memorial to say, God, that was amazing what you did. Because we as human beings, I don't know if you know this, have a tendency to forget. And one of the greatest weapons against complaining or anxiety or or those kind of things is remembering what God has done. And that's why I think Solomon makes it clear here in this proverb that we're not to remove them. And whether you keep a journal or whatever you do, or maybe some days that you just... Repeat to yourself, God, I am so thankful that you did this in my life, and I want to remember what you have done. And that's a reason why we read scripture as well, because this is a great big memorial, a remembrance of everything God has done. Amen? And our God is good. And we need to remember all that he has done. And some days and some weeks and some years, it might be harder than others. Right? We might be going through a tough time. We might be going through a season of difficulty. But God would say, remember, don't remove what I've done. Because that will show you who I am. And though you don't sense me or feel me in this circumstance, you can know that I am real. That I'm working because I've done it in the past. So I think today we should lay some memorials. What do you think? Yeah. So how are we going to do that? Well, I want like you all to go outside. Find some rocks. Just kidding. I did that before once in a youth, youth camp. It was fun. But today I just want... If there is something today that you need to remember or be thankful to God over the last weeks or months or years, and I don't need long stories, we just need a sentence or two, that you are thankful to what he has done, let's encourage one another. Now, not everyone has to go, but if there were a few, I think we all would be encouraged. So Lord Jesus, yeah. Just in a moment of quietness, first and foremost, we want to remember, Holy Spirit, what you've done. So maybe just in a time of silence, just ask God to remind you of some of the memorials in your life. What has he done?
Amen. Progress and process. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Those two ones, praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. We praise you this morning, Jesus. And we want to remember all that you've done and all that you are. God, help us when our flesh wants to complain to think 
of all that you've done. You say in your word that you've given us all spiritual blessings. Thank you for forgiving us, redeeming us, giving us an inheritance. Lord, thank you that you live in us, that Christ lives in us, and that we have all power. We have the fruit of the Spirit, Lord, within us, and we give you praise. Thank you for the Holy Spirit sent to help us. Thank you for the body of Christ. that We can encourage one another this day as well. And we pray these things in your precious and your holy name. Amen. Amen. So now let's turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8 this morning. Luke chapter 8. We look at the parable of the sower. I was driving home yesterday and actually the Lord changed my message. I had written out a lot of notes on Jesus and the end times. <laughs> Jesus' words about uh, what is coming. But we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. I just felt really led as I was driving and praying to talk about the parable of the sower and just encourage us as we remember the words of Jesus. Let's start in verse 4 of Luke chapter 8 where it says, And when a great multitude had got gathered and had come to him from every city, he spoke a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rocks, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. In verse 8, but others fell on good ground sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. We'll skip down to verse 11. Now, the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Verse 13, but the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation or testing, they fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who have heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it, and bear fruit with patience, or your Bible might say endurance. So here we have this story, and the blessing of this story is Jesus interprets it for us. And we've all heard that parable before, right? 
Pretty much everyone, I'm sure, in the room has heard this parable, so nothing is going to come as a surprise. But hopefully, as we work through it together and participate together, that we can grow as we remember God's Word. So it doesn't give us a percentage, by the way. You know, when I first read this, I'd be like, oh yeah, there's people, 25, you know, you go four. I do math. I did homeschooling for a while, right? Like 25, 25. It doesn't give us a percentage. So we don't know who the good heart is, the good soil is. We don't know how many are, are choked by the weeds. We don't know how many are in the rock. And I don't think that's why Jesus is actually telling us this parable. I think he's telling it to us to encourage us to be like the good soil. Amen? Because I want you to know that it is God's desire that you would bear fruit. Some of us have a wrong picture of God, and we think that God is out to get us, and God just wants to make things difficult, and God doesn't want our lives to bear fruit. And though it's not quite said like that, there's some teaching, when you leave the room, you are certainly more discouraged than encouraged to God's intention for your life. But I want to set that straight here, that God wants you to be one of the ones that bears 30, 60, 100 fold. Amen? Because you have to believe in a good God who loves you. It doesn't mean you won't go through difficult times or face trials or temptations or that you won't face all of these things. But he says, I want you to bear fruit Because in your good works, what is happening is you are bringing glory to the Father. It says that in Matthew. Through your good works, the Father in heaven receives glory from your life. So when you are patient, when you are kind, when you are loving, right? When you are a good employee, when you run a good business, when you do what God wants you to do with his love and his character and all of these things, he's smiling at you because people say, well, that can't be Dan. There's got to be something else. And all glory goes to God. Amen. And I think that's what he wants from our Lives, But as we can see here, there are some real challenges in our world. Real challenges. Real temptations. The world is real. The flesh is real. And as we find out in verse 12, the devil certainly isn't in our imagination. And I think as Christians... We need to understand something very carefully is that there is a spiritual battle that Jesus himself talks about. And it's interesting that he would say is that some seed in verse 12 or those who hear don't really hear because the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. The devil doesn't want people to believe in Jesus. (laughs) You know, do you know that? And oftentimes we're praying the wrong prayers for people. And we need to look past maybe the physical and pray into the spiritual. And I was thinking about that maybe with some friends that we're praying for who don't know the Lord. You know what? We should be praying in the spiritual saying, in the name of Jesus, devil, get lost and stop taking that seed away. Do you know because Jesus lives in you? That you have authority to pray in the spiritual realm? That God would do things for his glory? 
Amen? It's not because you are powerful. It's because Christ is powerful and Christ lives in... Okay, let's try again. Christ lives in you. That's us, me, whatever you want to say it. If you believe in Jesus Christ, he indwells you. And the power, it says in Ephesians, of the resurrection is within you. And when you pray, you need to pray with authority in the name of Jesus who lives in you. And I want to encourage you that probably if you're here at church, you're not one of those ones where the seed has been taking. There's some belief, but there's probably people in your life who you're praying for and you say, God, what is going on? I just want to encourage us this morning is that we can and that we should pray in the spiritual realm against evil getting in the way. And God wants to use our prayers and we need to be praying and we need to be trusting. And I believe that God will hear us. I don't know when and how. That's two weeks ago. That's the sermon, right? Persistent prayer. But today, maybe there are those in your life, and we don't necessarily need names. That's not the point. But maybe God would encourage you to pray in the name of Jesus against his work in those you love who don't believe in him. Now, obviously, there's free will. But as much as I can, I'm going to pray against the liar, the deceiver, and all his tricks. And in the authority of God, that he would work for his glory. Amen? (laughs) We're all on the same page? Now we just got to do it. (laughs) Right? So let's have a time of prayer. Uh, maybe two or three can just pray out in the name of Jesus that God would work in the lost and that they would come to know him. Lord Jesus, we want your seed to fall on receptive ground. And we know there's a spiritual battle. And we would ask even now, In the name of Jesus, that you would bind evil and its lies in people's lives in Lanark County and those we love. Lord, hear our prayers now. Amen. Father, we pray for our holy books. You know them all. We thank you, Lord, that you would bring them home. We pray against the lies of the devil, we know. The lies that are all over and
Amen. Yeah, thank you, Lord. We just worship you that we're not alone. We can call out to you. We can wage these war, this war with just spiritual weapons and prayer. God, just work. In your name, amen. Amen. So the next group here are the ones on the rock, verse 13, and those who here receive the word with joy. And these have no root who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, they fall away. And as I mentioned before, your Bible might say time of testing. But I think we've known people like this, wouldn't you agree? That have come to know Jesus, have been so excited. I'm a Christian. This is great. And then six months later, you're like, what happened? Well, things got a little hard. My life got a little difficult, right? And we wonder where they are. We wonder where their commitment is, and specifically Jesus would say there is no root, and it would say they believe, but then they don't believe, that their faith is shaken by temptations or testing. And when I thought of this, what a joy it is when people come to know Jesus. Don't they throw a party in heaven? Isn't that what it says? And I just thought of our great responsibility together to disciple new believers and old believers. Because what it's saying here is they have no root into truth. They have no root to keep their belief going. They don't understand because they don't know truth. And then when difficulty comes, it just becomes majorly confusing, right? Now, we believe God... You know, I'm not going to say who's saved or not saved. That's not my intention today at all or get into theological discussion. That's too much over my head anyways. But I think the point for us is that we want 
to be discipling people that their root in Christ goes deeper and deeper and deeper. I think of Psalm 1, where it's very clear in time of drought, if someone isn't meditating on the truth of God's word, that they will not bear fruit, right? You've heard that, and and, and they wither. I have this expression I read once or say in my house, you know, temptation or trial or pressure is like squeezing us. And it's very interesting what comes out of us when we are squeezed in the trial. Now, think for yourself for a moment. Have you ever been through a difficult time? Yes, I'm sure we all have. Have you ever been tempted? Yes. Have you ever in that difficulty been tempted to give up? I think we all can say to some degree, yeah, because we hear these lies. And what keeps us is our faith in Jesus Christ. And I just want to encourage us today that we constantly need to be being discipled. And we need to be discipling others. That is our journey with God. That you constantly need to be growing in his truth, in his word, in fellowship, in prayer, right? In these things which will cause our faith to grow. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And as God speaks to us through the truth of his word and through prayer, our roots go deeper and deeper and deeper. And we don't get our counsel from the world, but from the word. And then when things are difficult and you want to give up, you can stand firm in your belief because you are growing, have grown in him. So I want to ask you that question. Are you being discipled? And I think coming to church, hearing God's word, being a part of small groups, prayer groups are really important in regards to that. But are you actively pursuing these things on a weekly, daily basis? Growing in Jesus, putting your roots down further and further and further for when the challenge and the testing will come that you will be strong. Have you ever known new believers, maybe friends, who come to know Jesus? What are you doing for them in their life? You know, it's easy for us to talk about everything but the things of God sometimes. We can talk about the weather. We can talk about sports. We can talk about our workplace. We can talk about our friends. We can talk, we can talk, we can talk. Now, some guys, maybe not true. But anyways, but the reality is we need to be talking about Jesus. We need to be encouraging people in Jesus. We need to be talking about the truth of his word. One of my greatest joys on Wednesday night is to see people gather and hear snippets of their conversation when they're talking about what God is doing, what God has said. And it brings such joy because that is discipleship. That is growth. Are you reading the Bible? Are you getting into the truth of God's word? Or is it something that you say, well, I'll get to it when I get to it. Or I know, I've read my Bible before. (laughs) 
I just want to encourage you in the daily process of taking what God thinks, renewing our mind. What you are is you're putting your roots deeper and deeper down. How's your prayer life? Is it rub-a-dub-dub? Thanks for this grub. (laughs) Where is your prayer life? What are you asking for? Is it all about your needs and your things? Or are you spending time simply practicing the presence of God, communicating with Him, and even asking Him to speak to you? See, this is all putting our roots down and growing deeper and deeper and deeper. Relationship, as I mentioned This is so crucial, folks, because we can get good teaching on the Internet. We can get good teaching on tapes and cassettes and CDs. We can get all the teaching we want in the world. And that's excellent. But are you in a relationship with someone even outside of your family where you are being asked difficult questions and opening your life just to snip it up to them? Are people praying for you? Do they know your struggles? Do they know where you're at? Because what's going to happen is the storm's going to come. And what you do now in making your roots grow deep will establish you in his truth and his grace that you will bear fruit and not fall away. Because Jesus' desire is that you bear fruit and you endure to the end. Amen? Amen. So let's have a couple people pray. Just that we would be a discipling people and that we would be growing and making our roots deeper in the things of the Lord. Let's pray now.
And Lord, we praise you this morning. You cause our roots to go deep into your truth. May we renew our mind on a daily basis. Lord Jesus, you're so faithful. Increase our faith, Lord, that we would stand firm, that we would stand firm when trial and temptation come. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. So thirdly, you know it's the thorns, and probably this is the one that's preached on the most, and we won't take too much time. But choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life. So this brings no fruit to maturity. I was going to bring in some bananas, like you ever had a green banana, you opened it up, and it doesn't taste very good, does it? No. (laughs) You're supposed to have a banana that comes to maturity, right? And then it's much better... Or I had these raspberries this summer, and I just waited. The darker the berry, the sweeter the juice, right? And uh, they just weren't ready sometimes. I'd pull them off the tree, and almost the whole branch would be coming off, right? It just wasn't ready. It wasn't mature. It wasn't producing. And I think this challenge here is one I think we need to fight on a daily basis. That the cares, or your Bible might say the anxieties of the world, the riches of the world, the pleasures, meaning things out of whack, there's no balance, meaning sin, the sin of this world, right? These things choke out God's fruit, and they don't allow us to mature in Him. Something's wrong. And I think we can all say that there's times that we worry, that we're not trusting. There's times that we complain. There are times that we would rather do what we want to do beyond what we should do. And what it does, it makes immature Christians. That's what happens. Christians aren't producing fruit. It's Christians who are thinking like the world, Christians who worry like the world, Christians who desire the things the world desires. That makes immature Christians, or in First Corinthians chapter 3, we would say carnal Christians. People who say they're believers, but there's actually no ripe fruit. You see, when God's working in our lives, he's going to produce amazing fruit. But if we don't allow him to completely have control, but we got one foot in the world and the thoughts of the world and one foot with God, what happens is it doesn't work very well. And maybe this morning we'll let the Holy Spirit do his work. Maybe that's you. Maybe it's not you. I don't know. But maybe you could say very clearly, I... I, I know, I know I'm not where God wants me. I know I have one foot in the worries of the world. I know I have one foot in the pleasures of the world. I know possibly, maybe through pleasure, I'm medicating my pain and not through Jesus. I don't know what it is, but what I do know is it chokes us. But God doesn't want that because he wants the best for us. Amen. He wants us to be at peace and and bear fruit and and have joy and love even in the trial. But he's saying clearly here, that's not mature living. And I think, and I'm not going to say the world, but I think we would all say that we have a tendency to be challenged with this. But I'd like the Holy Spirit to speak to you, not me, because what do I know? (laughs) I just 
regurgitating this. And this time we're not going to pray out loud, but I would just like a moment of quietness where the Holy Spirit could speak to you. Maybe there's an area in your life that he will bring forward that you just need to talk to him about personally, that you need to repent of, that you need to turn away from. Maybe there's a care and a worry that's not from him. Maybe you need to repent of that and trust in him. Maybe there's a pleasure that's caused some sort of a sin that you know is not right. And what it's doing, it's choking you. But you have opportunity now to deal with it. Amen? Because we know God is forgiving and God is loving and God wants to work in our life. We set that straight from the beginning. So his desire is to set you free that you could be mature and bear fruit to maturity to bless others. Because if I'm right, people can eat me. Amen. (laughs) I can be a gift. I can be of service. I can help others. But we need to deal with these things with God. So let's pray. Close your eyes. We really believe that the Holy Spirit is a spirit that convicts of sin. And this morning, he can do it in your life. So, Lord Jesus, we just want to take this time and ask you to speak to us. Is there any care or worry that's not from you? Is there any pleasure that is leading us beyond where we need to be with you? Any sin? Any sin? Is there any sin that's choking us from growing? Lord, we want to be mature Christians. We want to bear fruit for you 30, 60, 100 fold, Lord. We don't want these things in our life. So now we ask your Holy Spirit to speak to us. And between you and God, would you ask him if there's anything he wants to reveal now? And would you turn it back to him and repent? And I want to tell you that he loves you, he's forgiven you, and his grace is for you. Let's have quietness now.
Yeah, Lord, this morning we surrender, as Ralph has prayed, anything, any care, this even now, any care, we surrender it to you. Thank you, Lord, as was prayed, that you're waiting, that you're gracious, that you're forgiving, that you've made us new. We surrender any care to you, any worry now. We surrender it to you. Any pleasure that's not of you, any sin, we confess to you now. Lord, thank you that your forgiveness and your grace is real. Lord, through your grace and through your life in us, would you make us mature, fruit-bearing believers? We pray this in your name. Amen. So the last thing, just a minute. I Just one thing I wanted to point out at the end, and I did briefly. But the one that fell on good ground... Having heard the word, and by the word, the way the, the seed is the word of God, it's Logos, it's Jesus, you could put him in there. So, you know, Jesus is the one who does all this work in us. He is the seed, it is his word. Like John 1, he is the word, right? And uh, the word was with God, the word here lives in us and wants to produce. But I just want to encourage you, you have to keep it to bear fruit, But then it says at the end, and it's the only gospel that says this, that you bear fruit with endurance. Woo! You ever get tired, folks? (laughs) Come on! Sometimes we just need a little kick in the pants to keep going, right? Because we're tired, and sometimes we do it in our own strength, which makes us more tired. But two weeks ago, we learned to be persistent in prayer. Persistence, patience, and endurance are things that Jesus talked about a lot. So if you're tired, if you're tired this morning, Jesus would say to you, keep going. Keep going. If you don't see any fruit, keep going. Because sometimes the best things take a little bit of time. Amen? Endure, endure in your situation. And God wants you to produce fruit and he will produce fruit in you. And the harvest will be beyond your wildest belief. A hundredfold. Wow. That's a lot, right, Robert? (laughs) If he had a crop a hundredfold, he'd be like, "Woo, that's a good year. Even 30-fold is a great year. 100 is amazing. And that's what God wants to do in you. So keep going. Keep trusting. Keep the faith. Keep praying. Keep taking Jesus' words and truth in you. And understand, He lives in you. Amen. So we're going to take communion now. And worship him. Lord God, thank you for your grace and your goodness this day. Thank you that we can consider these things with your Holy Spirit and grow in these things. But now we want to continue to look at Jesus, the sayings, and even more so the action of Christ through communion.
Jesus died on the cross. He rose again for us. He lived a perfect life. He, he came from heaven. The ultimate example of humility. And why? Because there was a curse that we could not deal with ourselves. There is sin. And no matter our good works or actions, we can't deal with our sin. And maybe this morning there's someone in this room who's dealing with that and doesn't know the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. You don't know the love of Jesus. You're not in a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're that first category. You've never had the joy or the faith. Maybe you've gone to church. Maybe you've known about Jesus, but you've never actually took him into your life. That seed has not gone into the soil of your heart. As Paul prayed before, we bind the devil in this moment and we ask the Holy Spirit to work. He loves you so much. God loves you so much. He loves you so much. He wants to live in you. He wants to change you. He wants to lavish His forgiveness and His grace on you. doesn't mean you won't have hard times, but you won't be alone. Is that you, maybe this morning? Just call out to Him. It's not in a prayer, it's in your heart where you say, Jesus, oh man, I want you to live in me. I believe in your grace and your forgiveness. I trust in you. I accept all that you've done for me. I'm done trying, and I accept everything you have for me. To say that in your mind, in your own words to Him. Just believe in Him and trust in Him. That's all we're doing in communion is we're remembering what He's done for us. We're claiming that we believe in Him and, and remembering that we're washed clean and that we're new creations. It's absolutely amazing. Maybe you've, you run off from the Lord a bit, but He's so good, He's never let you go. He's saying, come back to me. I love you so much. Maybe you've had a bad week. You feel like you're far from him. Well, he's not far from you. His forgiveness is with you. He desires you to live in his grace, to rest in him, to be encouraged this morning in what he's done for you. So Randy's going to sing. The elements are in the back, quietly and respectfully, thinking of the Lord and worshiping him. If you need prayer, there'll be brothers and sisters in the back as well. Let's worship and celebrate Jesus now. Just hold the elements to the end as you get them and we'll partake together.